Okay, so we are starting a new series this week called Fallout. And in this series, we are going to talk about the fallout of our actions, of things that we do, of things that we say, of things that we think. And so each week I'm going to tell a Bible story that you mostly know, but then what the fallout of it was. And so uh, we're going to start with Jonah and um, just his selfishness and the ego that he had and the anger that he had towards other people. So I'll just give you a little bit of the Jonah story. I'm going to read Jonah for it, but basically everybody knows the whale part of the Jonah story. But the reason for the whale was that God said to him, hey, I want you to go preach to Nineveh. I want you to talk to this city. I want you to tell them about me because otherwise I'm going to destroy them. And Jonah said no. Like he's like, no way. He didn't say no way because he was scared. He didn't say no way because he, didn't, he, he uh, didn't think he could do it. He didn't say no way because he didn't trust God. He said no way because you're going to save them. And it's the most ridiculous thing in the world. It's like he hated them so much. And he's like, I don't want you to give them a chance. It's not fair. Which is very ridiculous to think because obviously he was giving Jonah a chance in this moment. And so Jonah goes and he throws himself off the boat to save them. And he goes into the great fish or the whale, however you want to say it. And he's there for three days, which um, is a forecast, a foreshadowing of Jesus three days also. And he talks about the sign of Jonah. But uh, he gets out of the whale and he's like, God, I'll do it. Um, I will I will go and I will minister to Nineveh. I will go and I will do your will. I will go and I will talk. And he goes and he preaches. And it's immediate that after he preaches, everybody in the city that had been considered evil, it was like thought of as like, Think of like the worst cities you can think of. Not West Lafayette bad, but like bad, bad. And so uh, that's where Purdue is. And so, yeah. And so it's like a really bad, sinful city. And everybody turned to God. And so any pastor, any Christian, any follower of God should be like, this is awesome, God. This is why I follow you. You've given me a chance. You gave me a second chance. And now you've saved all these people. Jonah is like, this sucks, and this is why I didn't want to do it. You just saved these people. You're not going to kill them all. And it's ridiculous. And so he goes off, and this is where we get to Jonah 4. This is the fallout of his anger, of his selfishness, of his ego. Uh, so Jonah 4. This change of plans greatly upset Jonah, and he became very angry. So he complained to the Lord about it. Didn't I say before I left home that you would do this, Lord? This is why I ran away to Tarshish. I knew that you are a merciful and compassionate God, slow to get angry and filled with unfailing love. Let me stop there for a second because this is basically like if you go to your parents and you're like, I knew that you would take care of me. Like I knew you'd make sure I had dinner and a place to stay. And it's so stupid. Like you hear how dumb that sounds to be mad about that. And so that's what Jonah's saying. He's like, I knew you'd be compassionate and forgiving. Like I knew, God, that you'd do this. Meanwhile, just to remind you, he had just almost died and God gave him a second chance instead of letting him die. So it's very hypocritical too. And so uh, I knew you were merciful and compassionate, God, slow to get angry and filled with unfailing love. You're eager to turn back from destroying people. Just kill me now, Lord. I'd rather be dead than alive if what I predicted will not happen. Uh, the Lord replied, is it right for you to be angry about this? Then Jonah went out to the east side of the city and made a shelter to sit under as he waited to see what would happen to the city. So God asks him, is it right for you to be angry? And Jonah doesn't even answer. He just walks away like a little kid uh, who, who just like throws a tantrum and gets mad and doesn't want things the way that they are. And he wanted things to be the way that he wanted, even if it was worse. Exactly. Um, so... <laughs> So think about your life and think about times that maybe you've gotten angry about someone else getting something that you wanted. Maybe it's a spot on a team. Maybe it's a chair and band. Maybe it's a, a new car. Maybe it's a girlfriend, boyfriend. Maybe it's some 
uh, PS5, Xbox One, whatever. Maybe it's something. And you're like, it's not fair. I do more things than them. Like, I deserve to have this stuff. Everybody thinks this at some point. Now, hopefully most of us will then move away and be like, I can't think like that. But everybody kind of has that thought, that initial snap judgment. So think about those times that you've been upset because someone else had something or was getting something uh, that you didn't have. And then double it to if you know that they're not a good person or you know they've done bad things and they're not getting punished and they're getting rewarded. And so you feel like this sucks. I can't believe it. They're getting stuff that I want. It's not fair. It's not fair. Um, and so that's where Jonah is. He's like, it isn't fair. You're saving all these people. And I remind you again, God had literally just saved him. And so he, he's so upset that he doesn't even see the truth. He doesn't even see what's happening. And that anger continues to cloud him. This is God that he's arguing with and God that he turns away from. It's not just like a pastor or a leader or somebody in a church. This is actually God who is saying, hey, is it right for you to be angry? And he won't even answer him. That's how angry he gets. Now, when we feel like that, it's a very selfish way to feel. Everybody, every human alive feels selfish at some point. And it's natural, like I said, you can't control that first thought. You can't control that first judgment. When you see someone, when you see something, when you hear something, you're going to have that initial judgment. But you can control what happens from there. And so you have to recognize if you feel that anger like Jonah does because this is starting to ruin his life and change how he sees people. Because even if there are people that you don't like, if we see them getting saved, if we see them turning to God, if we see them getting help to where uh, their, their life is now better, there's no way that should ever make us angry. Like, it's just not something that makes sense. And yet, we all feel something like that at some point. And so I want to go on. Um, and the Lord arranged for a leafy plant to grow there. So he's in the desert. It's very hot. And soon uh, it spread its broad leaves over Jonah's head, shading him from the sun. This eased his discomfort, and Jonah was very grateful for the plant. But God also arranged for a worm. The next morning at dawn, the worm ate through the stem of the plant so that it withered away. And as the sun grew hot, God arranged for a scorching east wind to blow on Jonah. The sun beat down on his head until he grew faint and wished to die. Death is certainly better than living like this, he exclaimed. Uh, then God said to Jonah, is it right for you to be angry because the plant died? Yes, Jonah retorted, even angry enough to die. So he sounds very childlike and very selfish. Uh, basically what is happening here is Jonah's throwing a fit because God is forgiving and not killing people. Meanwhile, this is now like the third straight chance that he's given Jonah to turn from it. And Jonah, again, hypocritically is like, you shouldn't be like this, but he's allowing him to be like that with him, which goes to the, it's not fair. Everybody at some point has said, it's not fair. It's not fair. We don't want things to be fair. We want things to be for us. But if things were actually fair, like if you take the entire population of the world and everybody has equal whatever, stuff and, and money and whatever, not everybody's, it's going to be very low because there's not a lot of stuff on the earth versus people. And so, yeah, but it's like a, even a worse form of that. And so it's like nobody would have very much. And so nobody would be happy, but that would be fair. Or if we want what we deserve, that's not great either, because the only reason that we get to um, have a chance to go to heaven is because Jesus died for us. We can't earn our way there. And so if we're like, it's not fair, I want life to be fair, then God's like, okay, now you have to earn your way into heaven. And guess what? That is impossible because you can never do enough because you're also going to do bad things. And you're going to have to keep this checklist. And if you're keeping a checklist, then your heart's not really in it. And so your good stuff doesn't really matter. Uh, there was an old episode of Friends way back in the day. I guess now all episodes of Friends are old, sadly. But um, Phoebe was talking to Joey about good deeds. And she's like, 
Uh, Joey's like, there aren't any good deeds. And she's like, yeah, but I did this. And he's like, yeah, but it made you feel good. And she's like, well, I got stung by a bee. And now he gets to go brag to his little bee friends. And Joey's like, well, the bee died. And the, the point there was, if you go to do good only so that you're doing good, and like, I want to tell people that I'm doing good, that's not actually a good deed. And so if it became you have to earn your way into heaven, and you have to keep a checklist, and you have to do this stuff, it's going to become a job. And so you're not going to be doing it because you want to. You're going to be doing it to earn something. And if you're doing it because you want to earn something, then you're not doing good. And so it just keeps going down and down. That's what things being fair would be like. But Jesus came so that it's not fair. And Jesus died and took, he did nothing wrong. And he died to uh, take our sins on him, which wasn't fair to him, but it gave us this chance. And so this is after Jonah, but God's still with Jonah. Jonah says no. And God could have been like, well, fine, then go on your way. And he didn't have to put him in the whale. He didn't have to do any of that. But Jonah jumps off the boat and he gets in the whale. And so God could have been like, well, you know, you said no. But Jonah's like, please, please, please give me another chance. So he does. And then twice now in the story that I've read so far, Jonah says, I'm angry enough to die. So God could have been like, done. Because God is powerful, and he's perfect, and he can do whatever he wants. And so he could have killed him, and yet he continues to try to teach him. He grew this plant and gave him shade, and Jonah is like, sweet, I finally have shade, and then he takes it away. And instead of thinking, well, I had shade for a little bit at least, he's like, it's not fair, I don't have it. And you see, we kind of live like that sometimes. Um, I had a talk with some friends today about, in Jesus' times, uh, there was this view by the religious leaders and the Pharisees mostly, um, that God's blessing meant that you were wealthy. And to have money meant that God had blessed you. And if you didn't have money, it meant you were doing something wrong and you'd made bad decisions, etc. Unfortunately, there's still an element of people thinking like that now. And people are like, well, they don't have very much money. They're jobless or they're homeless. So clearly that's on them. But I'm doing okay, so I'm God is blessing me. That's not how it works. Like, I, in Seymour, had very little money. I lived in a really dangerous, scary house with where I didn't even have my own bathroom. I had to share it. I didn't have a kitchen, all this stuff. Like, it was, there were roaches everywhere, and it sucked, and I didn't have much money, and I was real close to being homeless. And I was a pastor, so I was clearly doing my best, but it's just where I was, and it was how I could do it, and I'm doing better now. Um, but sometimes you're just in those situations, and that's what free will is, and that's what life is, because that happens. And you would be shocked, and this isn't to be scary, but you would be shocked how close any normal family is to you know, being homeless or being losing a lot of money. Like, if you lose a job and maybe there's a big medical thing, then boom, that's crazy. And so there's this view, though, that like, oh, if you have money, then you're blessed. And if you don't, then you're doing the wrong thing. And Jonah is seeing things like that. But God is like, this is not right. This is not what I'm saying. And so we go to the last part here, and this is God again teaching him. Uh, then the Lord said, you feel sorry about the plant, though you did nothing to put it there. It came quickly and died quickly, but Nineveh has more than 120,000 people living in spiritual darkness, not to mention all the animals. Shouldn't I feel sorry for such a great city? So basically it's like, you're throwing a fit because you're hot. Meanwhile, I just saved 120,000 people that you wish were dead. And you see, sometimes we do that. Sometimes we think in terms of, this is what's best for me. This is what's best for my life. And yeah, it's going to be negative for all these people, but that's on them. And God is like, no, no, no. You see, I could make anything happen. 
but you have to do better. Like you have to be better. You have to, to show people love and understanding. It doesn't mean you have to walk around giving everybody money. And it doesn't mean that you have to agree with everybody. And it doesn't mean it, that you can't be comfortable and have the job that you want and the life that you want in place. It doesn't mean any of that. But it means that you have to try to understand other people. And where Jonah failed is that he was selfishly only looking at what he wanted. And he's like, I want to be right. And I want this to be my way. And these people are different than me and I disagree with them. So I don't care what happens to them. And God is like, dude, you have to look in the mirror. Like you have to understand. And so the fallout of this, everybody who's been through a church knows the name Jonah and you know the Jonah and the whale story. And you know that he's a pastor and all of those things. He's a man of God. The, the odds are from this story that Jonah did not go to heaven because he turned from God and his anger took a hold of him and he never got over it. This is somebody who had done a lot of good and somebody who's in the Bible and somebody who's a prophet, but he probably didn't make it to heaven because of that anger. And what this story teaches that the fallout of that is that the anger changed who he was. It changed his heart. Um, everybody feels anger sometimes. Everybody. All, uh, it just it happens. You're going to feel that. But when you let it take hold, when you let that selfishness take hold, the fallout leads to turning and it changes who you are. And the more you feel angry, the more you allow yourself to feel it, the more you allow yourself to feel it, the more you see other people as the problem or as in your way or whatever. And then you completely change who you are. And it's happened over and over again in the world, and it will continue to happen. But for people who see God, who want to be like Jesus, who want to follow him, we have to learn from him because Jesus over and over again was made fun of and over and over again hated and over and over again said, you know, get out of here. You're the devil or whatever, all this stuff that was yelled to him. And yet he continued to teach, continued to love. Just like here, Jonah's like, hey, this sucks. I can't believe you did this. And God's like, here's another chance. Hey, this sucks. I can't believe you did this. And God's like, here's another chance because God loved him. And it's not that he's weak and it's not that he, he you know, doesn't care about rules or laws or, or, or hearts. It's that he cares so much that he kept giving people chances and he keeps giving people chances. And so what we get to do is show people that understanding, that love, that hope. That's what it means. And so there's always going to be fallout from any decision, anything that happens. But we want it to be as positive as possible. We want our lives, people to look at us and be like, okay, they're not perfect, but they try. And they're not perfect, but they admit it. They're not perfect, but they show me the way to Jesus. And that's something we can all do. It's not something you have to be a pastor for or a prophet for or a leader for. It's just something you do by trying to be like him.